the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. I was driving back west through the patches of fog We had the brights turned on and we listened to songs I didn't know what then but I was right where I needed to be You were back at home, you were working a job And you were hanging out nights with your friends at the bar You didn't know what then but you were right where you needed to be I was driving back west through the patches of fog We had the brights turned on and we listened to songs I didn't know it then but I was right where I needed to be We were back at home, you were working a job And you were hanging out nights with your friends at the bar You didn't know it then but you were right where you needed to be When all you have is what's inside your pocket up on the shelf Well you best prepare the way for change is coming Cause the road will always take you somewhere else I was waking up to the sound of the raindrops while you were in the southeast sleeping in truck stops I didn't know it then but I was right where I needed to be you were making friends with people I'd never meet And I was praying to God that your band would succeed I didn't know it then, but you were right where you needed to be When all you have is what's inside your pocket And all your dreams seem stuck up on the shelf Well, you best prepare the way for change is coming Yes, it is The South keeps it steady while the North rolls around And somewhere in the middle there's some towns that no one knows Where every local kid comes out to every local show
This is Dave Hawkins with The Antidote. One of those voices is instantly recognizable, and the other one is certainly destined to be. Matt McDonald's distinctive voice has been the key to the sound of the classic crime since 2004. But when he joins with his wife, Christy, they become vocal few. Their music is awesome, as you heard on the song The Road, and being on the road is a huge part of vocal few. But really, there's no point in me giving all the details away because Christy and Matt tell it all on this talk with The Antidote. Enjoy. Christy and Matt McDonald are vocal few, and they've come for a visit with The Antidote. So great to have the two of you here. Well, thanks for having us, Dave. We appreciate it. Thank you. I usually start a talk with a band by asking about their background, but how about we make this a little more personal? Matt, what about telling us about how you and Christy met? Wow, we met, uh, well, I was 15. I was a camper, summer camp. She was, uh, My she was on goodness. staff. <laughs> yeah, we, we just kind of were friends then and then came back again the next year. And that's when we kind of hit it off. I was about 17. She was 10 months older than me. And we were both working at a at a summer camp, and uh, we kind of hit it off. And then, basically, for better or worse, we we've been together ever since. <laughs> okay, Christy, now it's your chance. Do you want to tell us if Matt messed <laughs> any of this up or not? <laughs> so there's a better version. I think he pretty much covered it. Yeah, we met at summer camp way back in 1998. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when Vocal Few began, Matt, you were busy as vocalist for the classic crime. What was it like you just wanted to have more stress in your life by starting a new project? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yeah, it was uh, pretty much motivated by the impending birth of our first child. Christy was pregnant and, you know, she had a bucket list of things she wanted to do before becoming a mother. And on that list was to record a few songs with me. She sings and plays piano as well. She presented this uh, proposition. Uh, basically, I want to record an album with you, so let's do it. And then so I got to work and I did it like a good boy should. And, uh, and, and it turned out really good. So we thought, well, you know what? We've got this expense coming up to just look at a child in really raw data terms. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll make a name. We'll make a band. We'll make a thing. And we'll release it, and people can get it for free. It's a four-song EP. It's our first uh, EP called She'll Be Right. And they can get it for free, or they can pitch in. And whatever amount they want to throw in to get the songs, that will go towards diapers, essentially. <laughs> so we did that. We just kind of released it, and you know, people really liked it, and they paid for it, even though they could have gotten it for free. And we were able to pay for a lot of the expenses of the first birth that we had. We have three kids now, so every time we had a kid, we thought, what are we going to do? Well, we might as well do another EP. And so that's kind of been the, our album cycle. It's have a child and then um, and then try to pay for, for some of that with music. Personally, I would have thought that having a baby shower would be a lot less complicated. Oh, we had those too. I mean, we had, we, we had plenty of those. <laughs> You know, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I usually find the music of husband and wife duos to be pretty crappy. I mean, <laughs> well, realistically, they often have one member with all the ability and the other one just tags along, but Vocal Few doesn't have that problem. Oh, that's really kind of you to say that. I definitely 
feel sometimes like I'm hanging on some coattails, but Matt is really generous in allowing me to feel like I have more of a well. A stake she, in it. she can sing, that's for sure, and she can play piano. So I mean, there's no surprise there that I could definitely use that uh, in songs that I write. Um, but yeah, we try to do it pretty equalitarian wise, and you know, I sit down, I have some songs, I play them for. Her, and she comments and she tweaks things and I ask about this or that. And so we get together. I mean, you haven't written a ton of songs. No, I haven't written any songs front to back. I, well, uh, you did. You had a nice interlude on our second EP. Yeah, you know? an interlude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's not for uh, any specific reason. It's mostly just because I have songs coming out of my ears and I just go, okay, these are vocal few songs. Let's go. Let's do it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, she's obviously half the band and she does a ton of work behind the scenes too. So I, I honestly, I couldn't do it. If I had to carry another band, I couldn't do it. It's kind of almost more her project than mine. There's Christy taking charge on Afraid from Vocal Few EP, Tall Trees. I think you've already brought up the key point about your music is just how well you two harmonize. I mean, not wanting to dump on either the guitar or the keys from Vocal Few, but that is the big appeal for me, is the vocals. I'd like to hear you talk about your music. What do you think? Should it be the melody or the vocals that dominate the songs? Well, I'm kind of a lyric guy, so anything that goes along with the lyrics, like melody, 
I, I'm always focusing on that. I always, you know, if you want to split people in into two groups, there are those who hear the music first, and then there are those who hear the words. And I'm a words guy, and so I, I write words, and I like meaning, and I like metaphors, and I like poetry, and so I, I always gravitate towards those aspects of the song. And then, um, you know, sometimes to a fault, sometimes I, I can overlook the music uh, a little too much. But um, but that's kind of what I focus on. And then obviously, I mean, Christy's a great harmony singer. She can just lock in with whatever I'm doing with the melody and just kind of off the top of her head, uh, come up with something really cool. So it's it's fun to work with that. Yeah, and Matt and I, I mean, that's been something we've, enjoyed far before vocal few ever existed was singing together in various capacities and so we've had a lot of practice and have enjoyed that over the years together and yeah just like yeah, singing harmonies christy grew up in like a singing family her and her three sisters they do like the four-part harmonies and they sing together so she's got a long history of of locking in those harmonies and and sounding great. So it was easy for me to just go, okay, I, I'm in a band where guys, you know, the classic crime, they don't necessarily want to sing their harmonies sometimes. <laughs> so <laughs> it's nice to have someone who enjoys it. Maybe they just weren't listening to the Beach Boys as they grew up. <laughs> right, as, as both Christy and I did. So Yes. <laughs> it's too funny, Matt, that you brought up about how you're the word guy. And we go back to your first EP that has this grammatically incorrect title, She'll be right. <laughs> I mean, why that name? It's a bad spelling of um, a term I heard in Australia when my band, The Classic Crime, was down there in 2011. This is when Christy was pregnant. We were thinking about what we are going to do and, and kind of worried a lot. And the Aussies, they have this saying they uh, out on the Gold Coast. They're like, she'll be right, mate. She'll be right. Like, it'll be okay. And I always thought they were saying she'll be right. What they're saying is she'll be all right. They just don't say the all. They just, she'll be right. And uh, I, that was kind of a mantra. It's like, it's going to be okay. We're going to be fine. She'll be right. And I've spoken <laughs> to so many Aussies and you nailed that accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I practiced a lot down there. We had um, we had a contest between the tour manager who was Australian and us who could do a better um, accent and vice versa and so he would do an american accent he'd be like hey dude let's go to the baseball game get some hot dogs <laughs> and we would we would practice our our australian so it was pretty fun <laughs> Give me 
that's missing inside my soul Cause I've been waiting for years Holding on just to find out I've got to let go So come, come Drink from the fountain Feel the cold water rushing So come, come Drink from the fountain Trees includes the song Wild I Am. Now, Christy, this is up to you. Who's the true wild one? Is it you or Matt? <laughs> um, I think Matt leads the charge on that, but I think I chose him because he is the wild one and I want to join in on that or have somebody lead the way. I want to be wild at heart. <laughs> now you've left it wide open. You've got to pin it down. What is the wildest thing that Matt has ever done? Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um he's just super brave and down to try anything and you know anytime we go anywhere or do anything i have to run to keep up with him because he's always several steps ahead um i can't really think of a specific example what's your own story wildness? i'm self-forgetting of all my wildness <laughs> yeah just, matt doesn't even know how wild he is it's he's just, just charging in, forward it's instincts yeah i, I remember one of our past times was jumping off of bridges. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Matt yeah. really drew me in at camp with his backflip and um, eventually taught me how to do that. So we were backflipping off structures and bridges and things yeah. in the water. And I used to have a party trick where I would backflip off a dumpster. Um, <laughs> I would bet people, you think I could backflip off that dumpster? And if they didn't know me, they'd say, yeah, I bet you, bet you can't. I'd say, give me five bucks. I'll do it right now. <laughs> And a 16-year-old me was totally sold on that. I thought, this, this guy's awesome. Okay, so let me guess. So 
kids come onto the scene and Christy says, no more wild stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, here's the funny thing. It's like a push and pull our whole lives. <laughs> I'm like, no more wild stuff. Wait a minute. I, I like that part of you. Bring it back. Just keep it tame. Yeah. The yeah. Tame wild. I think we've kind of doubled down on our wild stuff. I mean, we've gone on more adventures with kids than we did without. Um, we have this, I don't know if it's counterculture, but this notion that, that we, we don't want to do what everyone else does. We don't want to, we don't want to become ghosts. We want to thrive and be a part of the journey of life and really engage with it. And so that's why we go on these tours and we take our kids with us and we go see national parks and we, we kind of just get out there. And I think it's been great to, to have Vocal Few as a vehicle for that because now we can kind of do those things as a family. It's an adventure. Yeah, then we don't have to miss each other all the time. I think you guys are insane. You take your kids on tour with you. We were talking about stress earlier. I can't imagine taking it to that level. <laughs> well, if you beat them enough, they... Uh, <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, it's you know, we, we got an RV this time because we have three kids. We used to do it in the 15-passenger van. But we have bunks in the back of the RV now, so we're pretty excited about the freedom that's going to allow us you know, kids are pretty resilient. Um, you know, after a couple days on the road, they kind of just look around and go, okay, I guess I live here now. You know, a lot of people I think are afraid of the idea because, you know, it sounds very tedious and it sounds like it's going to be disruptive. But as long as you have a routine on the road, especially, I think the kids, they just fall right into that groove pretty quickly. Yeah, they thrive on it. And I think um, they're also excited for new experiences and adventures. I guess it must be in the blood. <laughs> Yeah, it's the DNA, I think. <laughs> I've been walking around this town And I've decided I don't ever want to be another face in the crowd
Yes, Wild I Am by Vocal Few. You guys have a busy summer plan because Vocal Few is doing a living room tour this summer. Can you fill us in about that? Yeah, we are going to be doing an eight-week nationwide um, living room tour this summer, and we're hitting basically every major city or close to um, across the whole country, and it'll be the longest tour we've done to date. Um, so we're really excited to um, get out there. And it, the routing is kind of interesting because we are actually um, planning to live in Nova Scotia um, for one school year on Matt's grandparents' property. Mm-hmm. And uh, so our routing, you know, normally we do kind of a lopsided circle from Seattle all the way around the country and back, but we're going to be doing a zigzag back and forth and then landing up in um, Nova Scotia. So we're super excited. Not only is this tour going to be a really big adventure, but um, that next year will be as well. But back to your kids, you got to really tell me the truth here. Are your kids actually your roadies? You know, (laughs) there are child labor laws. They don't, they don't help at all. We would like them to be. I mean, we would violate all the laws if they worked for us. I think we could sell a lot of merch if we put them behind the merch table. Yeah. Those cute faces. <laughs> have them wear the smallest size t-shirts have as a dress. Have them wear rags. <laughs> Big tip jar. Now, with this summer being a living room tour, how different is it playing in someone's living room versus playing a club date? It's a huge difference. It just goes along with... My mentality, and I think Christie's as well, is just kind of being counter to what what everybody thinks something should be. So wh- whether or not it's counter to what people think parents or child rearing or, um, you know, being in your mid-30s, what that should look like. In, in this sense, this is counter to what a show is. It's, um, you know, in a rock club, I've done, you know, thousands. I don't know, thousands, but definitely several hundred over the last 10 years. And really noisy. There's the lights. It's dark. I'm actually literally elevated on stage with my bandmates. People are looking up at us. It's a little bit uh, uncomfortable. I mean, if you just turn the lights on and shut the music off, it would be like, what are we all doing here? Um, But it's fun also because it's this really amplified experience and there's a lot of energy. But what you kind of lose is maybe the more sincere human aspects of sharing music with people. And that's why we chose living rooms music and life when they can come come together in that way and we can have conversations and we can laugh and actually be you know on eye level with each other it's a totally different experience and that's why i think it's appealing to me because i'm used to kind of being disconnected there's a barrier there's a wall between me and the listener and to kind of bring it all down to no microphones just what's coming out of our instruments and our voices is what is as it reverberates around the room, it's a completely different and I think special experience. And it's becoming much more common for artists to do this. Well, yes, it's um, it's definitely expedient. I mean, the cost is low. You don't have to rent a big venue and run tickets and do a promoter and a booking agent. We book these things on our own. We just post on Facebook and send a few emails and people submit their houses. You know, we can sell a lot less tickets and still pay all of our expenses because there's just not a high cost. Yeah, and it gives us the freedom to schedule timing and things as well. You know, club shows usually start really late and run really late, but with this, we can have it all wrapped up by the time our kids are ready for bed and hit the road, so it's super ideal for for our situation. I've never had the chance to see Vocal Few at a show. 
What are the odds of you guys doing any Canadian dates? Well, we did uh, go across Canada in, was it 2013? Something like that. 2014. We did 13 dates across Canada. Um, And those were fun. Uh, Long drives. Yeah, that's the curse of Canadian musicians. A lot of them just die. (laughs) It's too far between gigs. It is really far. It's a big expense, um, especially when gas prices are higher. But we had a lot of fun doing it. And we would totally be open to do it again Um, in the future. I know we're going to be touring back from Nova Scotia in uh, the summer of 2018 and so maybe we can look at doing some canadian shows on the way back do you know that we are both born in canada we're both canadian this means yes. i actually get canadian content on my show that's yes, incredible <laughs> yeah i was born in vancouver bc and i lived just outside of vancouver richmond for the first 10 years of my life before i moved across the border and christy lived in uh yeah i grew up in pit meadows bc and then when we got married a few years later, I moved down to the U.S., so I'm still totally Canadian. Matt's naturalized American citizen, but yeah. Canada will always recognize his birth certificate. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Matt. And I'm Christy. And we're Vocal Few. And you're listening to The Antidote. Go for a drive in the car, thinking how we've come so far, oh, 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 got a long way to go. Will we ever weather the storm? We're cold, or will we ever get warm? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Never had enough money to pay the rent. And if we ever got lucky, we would spend every last cent. And we would say, why don't we just live today? Tomorrow's too far away, yeah We want a reason to say One day That we did our best To keep the dream alive To keep the dream alive In the place that we are Cruise across the country by car Oh, oh, oh Got a long way to go all the kids in the van Maybe we could fly to Japan Oh, oh, oh Oh, oh, oh We never had enough money To pay the rent And if we ever got lucky We would spend every last cent And we would say Why don't we just live today? Just live today 
get into some more of your music 2015 had vocal few releasing the dream alive i adore that ep oh thank you much of the music ties into love and relationships some get into the darker side like the song blue now the two of you seem so close i really can't see that those song lyrics are fitting your relationship well i mean to be honest they kind of do sometimes. I mean, you know, every relationship is ups and downs. Um, and sometimes there is, you know, there is a rift or there's a, there's something separating us and, you know, you have to reconcile that to become close and become, uh, to grow from it. And so, I mean, that one isn't specific, but, um, there are times when it's sort of a perspective of singing, to someone who is kind of wrapped up in their darker emotions. Um, they're sad or depressed and as their loved one trying to draw them out of that. And that can be a difficult thing for a lot of people to do. It's a high task, but it's one that we're tasked with if we are in a relationship with somebody. Sometimes you have to carry the load, the emotional weight of your partner. And so uh, I would say, yeah, that, that occurs. That occurs in our relationship not as frequently as maybe it used to, but um, it's definitely a real part. And we like to sing about real things and not just sugarcoat the reality of our experience. And don't you find a lot of artists do like to do that, to sugarcoat? Yeah, and and like I said, we're against what everyone likes to do. (laughs) (laughs) Troublemakers. Yeah. (laughs) You used to light up like a spark Now you're blue, treading water in the dark Calm like the company of strangers in an elevator Hoping the doors will open soon But that's just you when you are blue But you can give me your pain I'll bear it faithfully, I'll give you my name And let you get close to me, so don't be ashamed Love is supposed to be the thing that remains But everything changes when you bleed blue city walls I looked away and you built them far too tall numb like a world war veteran coming home to greet his family hoping they never find the truth but that's just you when you are blue I wish you'd give me your pain I'll bear it faithfully, I'll give you my name And let you get close to me 
so don't be ashamed Love is supposed to be the thing that remains When everything changes when you bleed blue it's easier to write a song just spontaneously instead of sitting down and sort of trying to logically progress through the lyrics? Oh, absolutely. I end up hating the songs that I have to create (laughs) with my frontal cortex. I would rather them just all come out in five minutes like my favorite ones do. Um, But you know, it's both, it's a both hand situation. You need to be able to critically think and to recreate certain techniques. Um, when you feel kind of um, emotionally spent or the, the inspiration's not there or the muse is not speaking. But the best songs that I've written almost felt like they didn't come from me at all. They just came from somewhere outside of me and I was just kind of like a vehicle for it. And then it was out and then I get to take all the credit for it, which I don't like to do because I'm really worried that they'll stop coming. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Another song that I found from the Dream Alive release that I absolutely adore called The Corner Dwellers. And I labeled that as the greatest song from 2015, legitimately. I mean, it is so incredibly emotional that I still end up in tears every time I listen to it. How did the song come about? Um, You know, Christy and I were were going through um, a period of kind of deconstructing our worldview and kind of feeling on the outside, on the outside of our what we were raised to believe about how the world works, and maybe the outside of our, our immediate community, and really challenging a lot of um, our presuppositions about what are we going to teach our kids? What are we going to cling to? Because it, it feels like everything's sort of slipping through our fingers here. And we were reading a lot, and thinking a lot, and questioning a lot of um, kind of ideas, religious ideas, political ideas, etc., and, uh, you know, there was some periods of darkness in that. I remember waking up one morning and it was kind of in this half-wake, half-sleep state of mind where we had left the window open and it had rained 
and the window's right by our bed. And I, I heard a car tires kind of roll by on the wet pavement. And I was struck with this fear that I was outside and that a car was coming at me. Like I was on the street, you know, with my eyes closed because it, it was just a visceral kind of lizard brain amygdala fear. And then I was struck with this idea that that is kind of a perfect metaphor for where we were at just with our, our deconstruction and just kind of feeling like we were on the outside, that we had so much more in common with those who were outside. And there are people who live outside and who face that visceral fear every day, um, waking up to the reality that they don't have a home, that they aren't um, in a community or that they don't belong. And I was experiencing that in that moment as I woke up and I kind of had a, a new empathy for the homeless, you know, in, in a literal sense, but then also metaphorically people who are maybe spiritually homeless or feel a little bit alienated by a community. And, uh, and so I, I kind of rolled over and wrote the first, the first verse into my, my notes app in my phone. And then uh, later that day, I, I started just picking on the guitar and put it all together. Standing under an overpass in the rain Looks like we've been stranded once again And there is not a lonelier sound Than the wheels on the ground
a moment ago, you mentioned about deconstructing your faith. Mm-hmm. You were accused of having liberal theology because of some of the points that you brought up on the song Beloved. Should right. Christians always have the same perspective? No. Oh, and they don't. And that's part of the great tradition of Christianity is that over the years, different people have come with different perspectives and and brought new things to light. And that's how we progress. That's how we learn more. Um, you know, if you can think of a pre-Augustinian uh, theology versus, you know, the very diverse and nuanced theologies that are present today, you would say that's just brash and archaic. But because we have great thinkers and theologians and activists and poets, musicians that are always kind of pushing the boundaries and trying to uncover more of this mystery that we call God, that's how we get a better perspective. And, you know, we might all be addressing the same thing as far as if the topic is this mystery that is God, that is the source of life, then we're all looking at, at the same thing, but from different viewpoints. And every view is just a view from a point. So if it's 360 degrees around it, then I think we should engage with all the other viewpoints and see if they have merit. Are they logical at their core? Are they consistent? Are they coherent? Rather than just be afraid of the people that are on the little outcropping over there because they're Anabaptists and we're charismatic or I don't know, you know, whatever the difference might be. I think uh, the exploration of the unknown requires uh, kind of a more open posture and um, not necessarily just embracing anything that comes along, but being open to it because that could inform and enhance and grow not only your empathy for other people, but also just your concepts so that, that you can be a more beneficial presence to the world.
song but it's up to you whether you consider beloved from vocal few to be controversial in any way for myself i simply see it as another perspective on faith found in our christian traditions i still have more of my chat with vocal few coming up but here's the plan for next week where we get into the music of hunter dumped us here and find out about their unusual band name and the widest range of genres possible come into their unusual music. So be sure to tune in The Antidote to hear all about it. If you want to keep up to date on who else is set to visit with The Antidote, go to our website, theantidoteradio.com. Okay, as promised, here's the rest of our talk with Vocal Few and the song Holy Water from the new classic crime album, How to Be Human. See you next time. Well, Matt, we need to bring the classic crime back into this talk. It's been a few years, but now the band has a brand new full length, How to Be Human. Yeah, we just came out with it um, April 28th. We're heading out uh, to tour the East Coast of the U.S. And we're excited. It's been five years since we had a full length of new material. So it's been it's been a long time coming since we could kind of experience the energy of new music and um, bringing something new and fresh to the people who want to hear it. And it's just fun to get the responses and the people who are engaging with it critically. I think this record does that in a way. It sort of provokes uh, a lot of critical thinking. Um, and I just love that. I love that art can do that in a way that, you know, no one's, maybe someone won't read an essay or maybe someone won't, you know, watch a video. But if it's music that they, 
like, they're suddenly open to engaging with it. And um, it's kind of the best of both worlds. I get to provoke critical thought, and I also get to do sing my heart at the same time. And those are kind of two passions of mine. Well, so long as you only provoke thoughts and not provoke Christy, that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, I try, I try to stay away from that. I've learned, I've learned the hard way. Well, Matt and Christy, thanks for coming on The Antidote. And guys, have a great time on the road this summer. Well, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Dave.